Introducing Nightlock, a Hunger Games podcast. and welcome back to another episode of Nightlock Podcast, which includes analyzing chapters 25 and 26, reading your listener feedback, reviewing the illustrated companion, news as always, so it is a packed episode today. So we also wanted to apologize for difficulties downloading the episodes. We have fixed the issue, but if any listeners are still having trouble downloading any episode, please shoot us an email at nightlockpodcast at gmail.com and we will be more than happy to assist you. Also, just to remind you guys, Squarespace is offering a free trial for our listeners. If you go to squarespace.com slash nightlock, there is a two-week trial for your own website. No experience necessary. It's a step-by-step for a professional-looking website for your business, blog, or even a podcast. After your trial, if you would like to continue, you can use the code NIGHTLOCK2 and receive 20% off your order. The code changes every two months, so just show... Just shoot us an email at netlockpodcast at gmail.com to receive the current code. So we'll jump right into the mix with some Panem posts. All right, let's go. So uh, this news is brought to you by the Hunger Games fan sites, HungerGamesMovie.org and HGGirlOnFire.com, where you can get up-to-date news coverage about the fandom, especially the film. And as we say every episode, make sure to, like, look at these sites because we, you know, we only do episodes twice a month, you know, roughly every two weeks, so we cannot even attempt to cover all the news. So, we so kinda... the way we keep up, well, I check Will's site, who runs Hunger Games movie every day, to see what is going on with the fandom. He's posted a lot of good stuff, and it's actually really helpful. It gets us more pumped up for the um, for the film. Yeah, and that's where we get all our news, those two sites, so make sure to check them out. So the first news story is T-Swift released a music video uh, featuring the Civil Wars, and that was released on MTV. So... Matt, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on this new music video? It's not what I expected, for one thing. Yeah? I mean, I know she wasn't trying to make it a whole Hunger Games song, because it can relate to so many different novels, movies, everything. So, I just, like, it's not what really I expected. I thought it would be more like, I don't know, seeing as that she wrote it for the Hunger Games, I thought it would be more of a Hunger Games type of song. There like, was really only one I mean, direct reference to Hunger Games. Which was the Mockingjay pin. But, I mean, just like her walking through the destruction and then the Civil War sitting by the fire, I do understand its symbolic meaning. But, in a literal sense, it was just like, alright, she's walking through the forest, it looks like the arena, everything's on fire, going on fire, stuff like that. Like, it's understandable. Right. But, I just, it's like, it was good. I loved it, but not what I expected. Yeah, I mean, at first when I heard there was going to be a music video, I assumed they were going to take pieces of the film and just kind of make it into a music video. Do you know and what a then, music video is, Kira? Yes. Just give me a minute. <laughs> just let me finish my thoughts. Don't cut me off right away. Um, and then I found out she was shooting it, so I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be something that's like basically just her and the Civil Wars. But um, what did you think about the deer? Because that's something that you didn't talk about. Like, I agree with you for everything else, so I yeah. wanted to... Yeah, the know. deer is supposed to symbolize... When the deer vanishes, it's supposed to symbolize the last form of hope. The right. last form of living thing that's left in the world. Because if you're related to Katniss, Katniss is a hunter. Relates to, um, she's always going to hunt to try to get fresh game to feed her family. But um, when the deer vanishes, 
It's sort of like there's nothing left for her. Because I think Taylor Swift put T-Swift, sorry, T-Swift, um, <laughs> put herself in Katniss's position. Yeah. That's how they wrote. I mean, the Civil Wars wrote the song, and they asked Taylor Swift to guest her on it. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. It was um when you, I read an interview of the Civil Wars, and they said that it was their lyrics and their music. Really? Because it does sound like a Taylor Swift song. You're really yeah. like, I mean, not just her vocals. The lyrics I mean, are kind of I similar. I could be wrong, but this is what I remember reading. Okay, yeah, no, I... That I believe you. Just, just for everyone Incredible. out here. <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> I think they wrote the song, and then they asked her to um, sing it with them. Okay. I mean... I, I think, you know, we've, we've touched upon the lyrics and everything, so yeah. we've, I think we've covered it, yeah. So, um, yeah, you can email in your um, thoughts about the music video, um, and we'll read them on the show. So, the next news story is a new poster for The Hunger Games came out, and it's a profile shot of Katniss shooting an arrow. Um, so this is to directly promote the IMAX movie. So, um, I mean, if we look at the poster, it's, um, I mean, I feel like we, we saw one that Katniss is facing the camera, yeah, and she's shooting an arrow at yeah, the camera. Yeah, this might be the profile shot of it. So it's very similar. <laughs> I mean, there's not too much to say about it. It's kind but of, can I just come up with a point? How okay. cool would this movie be to see in IMAX? It would be very epic. I mean, it's probably like twice the amount it is to see in the regular movies. But You mean like to is, drive there? No, to see like to see it in IMAX versus the regular movie. Is it more expensive to see in IMAX? Oh, oh yes. I thought you meant for us to drive there. I'm no. like, yeah, but not for everyone. No, yeah. I'm saying that. Yeah, no, for like, us, we'd have to drive like an hour. But but to see it in IMAX would be just amazing. Yeah. Because like that, that kind of intense perspective yeah, and maybe we'll see it one of the, like, you know, not the Minera premiere, but we could see it. And if you guys weekend. have, um, obviously, if you've been on YouTube lately, their home border, like that home yeah. border thing, is this poster. Yeah. Like, that's their promotion for The Hunger Games. As well as a lot of other things. Oh, God, everything else. <laughs> so that kind of leads into um, how tickets went on sale on February 22nd. So go get your tickets before they sell out, because they're selling out faster than Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows sold out. Yeah, in the past 24 hours. Hungry Games has sold more tickets. And we're, re- and we're, the- we're recording today. I was today talking. The I'm, because you're not, you don't understand podcasting rules. I was making a statistical point. Yes, but they don't know what day you're talking about. Oh. <laughs> See? Well, go ahead. Go ahead and interrupt so, me. So we're referring, no, to, I'm just saying referring that, to the first day that they started selling. Yes, I'm just saying we're recording right. on February 23rd so that you say the past 24 yeah. hours they're listening to okay, this on Sunday. Okay, sorry. The, the past 24 hours is when they start selling on the 22nd. Um, it's Hunger more than side, a- the Hunger Games has sold more tickets in that amount of time than Twilight and Harry Potter and Death of House in the 36 hours that those started going out. Yes, so that's very significant because we have been comparing these to fandoms such as those. So, so yeah. Um, next news story. So one of the pictures we see is of Cinna. And he's holding a, what would you call that, like a torch? Match, type of matchstick, yeah. It's like blue Mm -hmm. fire. So um, we saw a picture of Katniss and Peeta in their chariot outfits. So, and we just saw like someone holding that. So we we know that he's the one that lit it. I mean, we know that from the book also. His kind of, his style, because obviously he's a stylist. So we, he does have his own taste in clothing. And um, we see that he has three earrings. So that's kind of interesting. And he's got a few necklaces on, and but I mean, it's 
it's pretty simple, and um, from we're going to kind of touch base on this a little later, but from reading the Illustrated Companion, um, they're trying to make Cinna kind of not too out there. Silas kind of just plain and down to earth, because they did mention that he's he is down to earth. He's not um, a crazy capital person. So, getting more insight onto that from this picture. Um, another picture we see, <laughs> you want to talk about this, Matthew? This is of uh, Isabel Furman, which, as we know, is clothed. And, um, I don't know, I think this is a, what can I say? A uh, bad word on here? No. No? Okay. Oh, she looks pretty, um... <clears throat> you could say she looks pretty B.A. <laughs> B.A. Um, on this. And I kind of, like... She's got that sneer on her face. It just yeah. makes like it... Yeah. That, like, that's clove. Yeah. That's the clove style. That and I, I like, like the braids in her hair. It's different. Like, they kind of start at Sharp, her scalp. yeah. And it just makes her look fierce and really scary, even though she's younger than Katniss. <laughs> Kato and clove. Forever and oh, always. Okay. There she is. There. We also see a picture of Effie. And, of course, she, she always seems to have something really big in her hair and, like, on her shoulders. That's the capital style. And that is completely capital. And, um, of course, we are going to get more into uh, capital clothes later on. But, um, I mean, her makeup looks good. It doesn't look too out there, but just enough. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it looks good. It's it kind of, you know, you do a double take if you just see her walking down the street, but it's like, you know, it's not over the top. Um, we also see a picture of Hamish, and we have talked about his hair, because at the beginning that kind of was an issue for some of us. Um, I can't remember. What, what did you think of his hair originally? I thought it fit it. I think, it I, I think that's what I said. Yeah. I mean, at first <clears throat> I did not like the hair because in the um, posters, the character posters, um, the ones just profile shot of kind of black background, um, I didn't like it because it just he looked too well-kept. Um, but this, he, he kind of looks... Um, I don't want to say ragamuffin, but I do, and I just did. <laughs> do you know what that what? means? No. Like, you're just like a hobo, like, you dress, like, you just, you don't care, you look, you look, um, tarnished. Isn't that, that, that's his character, though, that is Hamish. Exactly, so that's my point, that his hair does not look, um. Yeah, so his hair does not look like, I don't think you're saying that it doesn't, like, fit his character is what you're saying. Yeah, it, I think the, the the hair does fit his character once he's kind of in his role. If it's just a a picture, like, on a poster, it doesn't work because it's like, oh, they, they straighten his hair, they brush it and everything. But this, we see it's kind of just all over the place. It's messy. And I am hoping for it to look a little greasy, like a little Severus Snape thing going on. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, if he's thrown up all over the place, he's not going to shower daily. You know, it's just not going to happen, so... Um, we know, we know his, like, sanitation is... And, and long, the beard yeah. is, is good, too, because it makes him look kind of scruff and yeah. scraggly, and it just, it works. I, I, I'm impressed with it. There's uh, Jen. That's Katniss, obviously. Yep, and that's a pretty common shot we've seen yeah. a lot. And then we also have a picture of Peta, and he's kind of um, looking off into the distance, and he's kind of hunched over, and, yeah, when Katniss is going in... He's yeah. kind of looking at her walking down the hall before she's in front of the um, judges. Yeah. So, um, I think that's kind of like, it really kind of captures his character and how he's just, he's worried, but he's kind of keeping himself under control. Plus he looks pretty good in it, so. Yeah, his biceps <laughs> are kind of big. Um, and then, oh God, I don't even know where to begin here. We see President Snow putting his hand up 
and it looks like he's like Darth Vader. Am I wrong here? No, I mean, no, 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 no. Yeah. He's like, he's like, the Force is with me, and I'm going to kill you. It just, it, I like his eyebrows. That is something else that <laughs> works for him. They're just, they're too big, and it looks like he's a lion's mane, but that's what helps. And a little foreshadowing. I know you saw. I was thinking it, too. Um, he's wearing a white rose. So um, that's for those of you that have read the series. Um, so, I mean, I think his outfit works and everything. It's just the hand. I don't know what he's doing with that. I think yeah. he's giving a speech, and he's just, he's President Snow. What can we say? <laughs> and our last picture is of Seneca Crane. He is my favorite image. Like, he is the best most striking, most iconic character out of all of them that really, like, you see it and you remember his face. Like, his beard, that's so original. Seneca Crane's beard. <laughs> yes, I mean, like we said on, I think, episode 10, because I just know these things off the top of my head. Yeah, seven episodes um, ago. Oh, my God. Seven episodes ago. Yeah. All right. That, it's like, there's a Facebook page for his beard. Like, you know, it's, I think, it's just great. <laughs> all right, so those are some images um, of the characters. I think they're pretty good. Yeah, very impressed. Got him going on here. Um, So the next news story is there is an iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch video game app to be released. And so basically the game's objective is to get Katniss back from the woods where she's being attacked by tracker jackers back into, like, District 12. So you're getting her out of the woods, getting her into District 12, and you're trying to get away from the tracker jackers. Well, that's stupid. So it is stupid. Um, There's no release date yet. I imagine it's going to be more close, like, more around where the film is, a little before, after, whatever. Um, so, I mean, the objective of, objective of the game is simple, as most, like, um, kind of, like, if you're playing on an iTouch, you can't, there's not much to do. It's, like, it's got to be something simple um, compared to if you're playing on, like, a handheld device or console. Um, but it just it doesn't even make sense for the series, because she's not ever running out of the woods from Tracker Jackers, you know? Like, it'd be better if she was, like, being chased by wolves or something, you know what I mean? Um, I feel like they could have done something else with that, but I feel like that was just kind of something quick to make so that yeah. they could promote the mm-hmm. film and everything. Um, so, with this information, do you still think they'll come out with a, a game for, like, the DS, Wii, Xbox, PS3? Probably. Probably. They've done many Harry Potter Twilight games. Yeah. They have to. I think that's kind of a marketing standpoint that they just make so yeah. much money, even if it's bad. All, I think I can say that all of the Harry Potter games have been bad. No. I think only the first, maybe, maybe the the first, first game was second. good. First, second, and third ones are pretty good. The third once one, it got to the, the – no, I'm sorry. The second one, Chamber of Secrets, was really good. The rest of them were bad. I had that game. That was my first video game. It was on color, my Game okay. Boy Color. Well, the, maybe for the game console games that were different for PC – First one was pretty good. Yeah. Second one was probably the best one. Third one wasn't that bad. Yeah. Like, I like the third one But, the like, best. EA just dropped the ball. And I, the Lego games are good. But, so, hopefully the Hunger Games will kind of pick up on that, that what Hunger or, sorry, what Harry Potter did wrong and kind of, you know, learn from their mistakes. So, hopefully we'll see games coming out and um, we'll be able to review them on the show because uh, we're both video game nerds, so. Yep. And uh, something quick to mention, Kids' Choice Awards 2012, uh, their book nomination includes The Hunger Games along with Harry Potter and Twilight. So even though there's no new Harry Potter and Twilight books coming out, or Hunger Games for this matter, it's still in the running every year, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess kids really don't know any better. They're like, oh, it's new or whatever. But um, 
No offense, kids out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, so this is just kind of something else to, you know, um, notify that Hunger Games is getting recognition throughout all the generations, and that's something that um, is really going to help the fandom stay alive. So moving right along, uh, a TV spot aired with Survivor. Um, so before we actually talk about the TV spot, can we talk about how it the aired with Survivor? Irony. That is yeah, perfect. It's, yep. They chose yeah. it, obviously. They didn't just end up with it. What would be the chances? No, that makes sense, though, because Survivor is basically a realistic version of The Hunger Games, but just not as intense because oh, yeah. no one's dying. Oh, and, that would be a good show. And you have to be 18 or old. Really, Kira? <laughs> just this is the whole point where Entertainment value would just be. <laughs> and so, but things have to be 18 or older to be on Survivor. But um, that's really good. I like it a lot. I mean, and um, it makes a lot of sense to put it on the um, Survivor show because, you know, if we look at how Susan Collins came up with this idea, it's because she was watching, uh, was it, a reality show and our news about the war in Iraq, right? Yeah. So this makes sense. I like it. Yeah. I think mar- marketing for this, I mean, I'm all into marketing and I'm thinking about majoring in it, so... I just, I can't help but admire the people that are running the marketing for mm-hmm. this movie and, you know, franchise. Yeah. Um, it, it's really, like, top of the line. So, um, so now actually talking about the TV spot. Mm-hmm. Um, refresh my memory, Matt. This was the one with... This is the one where we see or... Katniss shoot the arrow okay. at the pig's mouth to get the apple on the wall. That's one of the new scenes. Basically, the TV spot was a mix of different clips from the trailer. Same audio. Different scenes, though. Like, we see, in one of the TV spots, we see the game makers. And in the center, you see this big room full of all these big technologies. Yeah. And in the center, we see a holograph. And this is what I think is a holographic version of the arena. Yeah, I definitely agree like, with you. When we looked at it closely, we saw the cornucopia on one side. We saw the lake, the mountains. We saw... It looked almost more like a river. It was very long. Yeah. But obviously, we know it's called a lake, so... So that's what we saw. That's what we think this is. And, um... It was really cool to see that. Yeah. It awesome. was very high-tech, and right. um, in, I, you know, we'll get to um, the Illustrated Companion, but real quick, in the Illustrated Companion, there's a picture of um, the game maker sitting around something, yeah. and it's all just green, like um, like you'd have for a backdrop that you're going to put something in. So I was wondering, I was like, oh, I wonder what that will be. And then I see on here, it's like, oh, you know, they're putting that together. So, um, you know, we did see that in the Illustrated Companion. But um, I, I don't know if you're right, though, about the same audio, because... Well, I mean, some of the scene, I mean, like, some of the audio was the same, though. Yeah, a lot of it was. But there yeah. was one part where um, the other new footage we saw was PETA lifting something and throwing it. Yeah. Also, what else? And what the, was other the other ones? What was the Sorry, other one we saw? The other saw? TV spot was... First, like, big screen showing of... Oh, um, yeah, that wasn't much. Cesar Flickerman and, like, the interview, and uh, Hay- um, Haymitch and Effie watching it. Or I was thinking it was Sin on an Effie. Yeah, so, I mean, really we only got a glimpse of, like, uh, Sin on the big screen, which might have even been in the trailer, so I don't know if that, that really was anything new. I think it was just a shortened version of the trailer, because cause we did hear um, Katniss, because um, Caesar asked Katniss, you know, uh, so asking about her sister, and Katniss was like, well, I told her I was going to try and win, because that was the name of our episode with Night Rebels, the last one. So, I, I don't think there was any new stuff in there, but, you know, just to say that they are um, coming out with, like, I guess you could call them news trailers, um, especially the one that aired with Survivor that did have new footage. 
Um, our last news story is quite significant and big. Matt, I don't know if you are aware of this, actually. I like to get your reaction on the show, so <laughs> I don't tell you things. Um, so there's going to be a tour. Ooh. Yes. Don't get your hopes up, though, because there's a drawback for us. So the, this tour includes the trio and director Gary Ross, and they are going to cities such as Seattle, um, which is near one of our friends, uh, Dallas, Scottsdale, and Miami for some Q&A sessions. Um, obviously, this is great for promotion. Um, they're really getting themselves out there. However, one question I'm completely pissed off about. Mm-hmm. Why are they not going to the Northeast? Why aren't they coming to see us? Why can't we <laughs> interview them? I'm not going to fly and take a plane to interview them. I don't have that kind of money. I'm a teenager. But that's just ridiculous. Why would you not go to New York City? Why? I'm angry. Maybe it's too much effort to go from Hollywood across the country. I mean, they're going to Miami. That's, I mean, that's not close, but it is on the East Coast. It's like, why? I mean, New York City. It's like, why would you not go there? There's no premiere in New York City. Which, you know, we were planning Maybe it's going. in an attempt to save money. So they can... Promotion. Stuff. It's like... Ugh. Maybe they want to put more into the second movie. Yeah, I mean, there definitely will... I know that there will be one for Catching Fire that we can go to. But it just... It makes me upset that there's nothing for New York fans... Uh, sorry. Uh, you know, New York people, you know, around the area Northeast, to go yeah. to. So it's like, you know, all these people like us can't go to anything. But uh, a quick side note for that, for the premiere, um, I know The Hob is, um, the fan site The Hob, is hosting a Hunger Games uh, midnight premiere night, and they are having um, big raffles and all kinds of stuff. I believe it's $18 a ticket, but you can go to thehob.org, I believe, and uh, sign up for that, um, because that would be a lot of fun, and you're going to be with the diehard fans. So um, definitely check that out, because apparently Lionsgate doesn't like New York, so... We'll have to wait, but, um... We'll survive. Yep. All right. That wraps up the most important news for this episode. Yes. So remember, if you guys, if we didn't cover some things, just check HungerGamesMovie.org and Eat Sugar on Fire. And if there's something you really want us to discuss, definitely send it in, because uh, we kind of pick and choose the news stories, but... Because sometimes it... we're very opinionated, and... Yes. <laughs> we sometimes like to... you just take it out, so... So, um, now we're going to move on to our Mock and Mail segment, and, uh... This is where we read feedback from our listeners on the show. So uh, just to save time, because we have said before that it's a packed episode, we're just going to read one today. So Matt, you want to go for it? All right, this is from Sophia. Hey, I'm Sophia, and I love your podcast. I just listened to your Valentine's Day episode. It was so funny. I liked the dating game. That was awesome. Matt's Rory impression was hilarious, and I think Kira was portraying Madge because of the alone time and the whole strawberry thing. Mariah was awesome. Have, I have so much fun listening to you guys, and I can't wait to hear more from you. Thank you so much for keeping me up to date on all things Hunger Games. May the odds be ever in your favor, Sophia. Nice. That was um, good. I think I didn't know my Rory impression was that good, but, you know. <laughs> <It> was funny. <laughs> tried to think of some character. Yeah. So, um, she guessed that I was playing Madge, and she would be correct, so, Matt, we okay, couldn't I, tell I'm you, sorry. so. I get Madge. Alright, so our next segment is Through the Eyes of Katniss Everdeen, and obviously you guys know this is our main segment, Analyzing the Books by Chapters. Last episode we discussed chapters 23 and 24, because <laughs> we have a tendency to mess this up every episode, saying the wrong chapters. <laughs> so today we'll continue with chapters 25 and 26, uh, which means next episode we'll finish the book. 
Whoa. Crazy. Look at um, that, guys. And that is just in time to hit the movie theaters. This Coincidence? I think not. Almost enough. We're done with the first book. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> just let you know. Just let you guys know. Um, the movie comes out. We're going to the midnight premiere. As soon as the open credits come, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to contain myself. Are, are you making sure you say this every episode, or is it? Have I been saying this every episode? Yes, every episode. Really? And it's always right before we start the chapters. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe sometime in the chapter. It's always during this segment. Well, just so you guys know, I'm such a sucker for this book. Yes. You think about it. All Thanks the for time. embarrassing me. Uh, no problem. Good. Go do your chapter. All right. Well, stay with me, because sometimes you tend to like leave mentally. What? All right. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> Perfect example. All, All right. right. So, chapter five. Um, we left off where they're... Spreading Kato, out to Kato. Yes, Kato runs by and kind of like, oh, hey, there you are. I'll kill you. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Fancy seeing you here. <laughs> the arena where we're trapped. Um, and then she's like, why is he running? And then she sees the mutation, mutations. Mutations. I know. I forget. Um, and so then she starts running. So... Then, so her automatic response is to follow Kato to the cornucopia because then, <laughs> because then she can kind of jump up on the cornucopia and keep safe there. Yeah. So she thinks to herself that Peter won't be able to climb the trees with his leg because you know she's like, oh, I can just scale up a tree, and then she's like, oh, I can't do that, Peter. And then it occurs to her she left Peter behind. So it's like, geez, what's wrong with you? She says, quote, my hands have just landed on the metal at the pointed tail of the cornucopia when I remember I am part of a team. So she does have the mentality of save yourself before others, which, you know, does help you survive. But, you know, doesn't help her in the long run of any potential romance with PETA. So um, she looks back and PETA yells at Katniss to just go on without him. And so she realizes that they will both die if she waits. So there's really no point in doing that. So she climbs right on top of the cornucopia, which is blistering hot because it's really hot in the arena and it's metal. Um, really? Just, just thought I'd put it in Wow. Um, so Kata, did I say Kata? Kata. Kato. Kato is a few feet from her on top, and she's thinking, quote, now is my chance to finish him off. So she's just about to shoot him when Petey yells out for her. So she kind of looks back at him, and shoots the mutations. 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 Mutations, mutations, Yeah. I have trouble saying mutations. You have trouble saying tracker jackers. <laughs> so we've all got our issues on the show. <laughs> so she shoots the mutations at PETA so that he can get on top of the cornucopia. So Kato is next to them. He's coughing and preoccupied with whatever, trying to breathe. <laughs> but it's not Apparently like that's, that's important. important. <laughs> I don't really know. You know, I mean, Never had trouble it's not like you have to breathe at all or yeah. anything. Um, so she starts to piece together that the mutations have qualities of each tribute. So this was something that we have been um, talking about through the, this Yeah, probably like the third episode we started talking about this. Yeah. So, um, which I don't know if we've mentioned this on the show before, but each mutation has a collar with a number of their district on it. Um, so, you know, that way you can kind of easily tell who's who. So, like, you see a number one, and it's a blonde... Um, mutation, then you know it's slimmer. No. Kira, mutations don't have, like, long, wavy hair. No, I'm saying the fur is blonde. <laughs> I'm not 
saying it's like a wolf and then like long hair like no, but there's no, they can't blonde fur. I mean, it's like a like a gold fur. Whatever, same difference. And they have the same eye color. Yes, I was getting to that. I'm okay, so sorry. They have the same eye color and everything. And um, so do you think that the audience would be able to see that and realize that those are previous no. tributes? No. No. The capital is too stupid. Like the people in the capital are too preoccupied. Like, oh my gosh, are they gonna survive? Like, what are they gonna do? They're not worried about like, oh hey, those are previous tributes. No, they don't care about that. Yeah. They're more worried about like. How terrifying it is. Like, oh gosh, I would never be there. I would hate to be there. So then what is the point of doing all this? Why not just get a pack of wolves? It's probably supposed to drive some mental aspect into the tributes. To see, like, alright, when, um, I'm gonna skip ahead here, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. When, um, Katniss sees the eyes of a mutation from District 11, and she remembers that's Rue. She's, she's hoping, like, she comes up with this mental process that maybe it's, like, the wolf still remembers her. Right. So it's maybe that's trying to, like, the cat, that's the game maker's trying to put in some, like, emotional aspect to it, so they forget about the games. And that they might die because of that? Yeah. But then wouldn't the audience be curious as to, wait, why didn't they just shoot them? Like, I feel like if they're going to do that, that the audience should be able to tell, whoa, those are other tributes. Otherwise, it's like, it's very expensive to do, I imagine, because you have to take the genes out or the actual organs or something. Oh, just such a work. So, I hate doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I don't know. It's just It's kind of curious. So, emails in your thoughts. Um... So Katniss worries that they'll have their brains and can feel and know that Katniss is killing them, kind of what Matt just said. And so one ends up grabbing Peta, and he is kind of flung off the cornucopia, just barely hanging on uh, Katniss's arm. And so Peta manages to stab it, and Katniss then pulls him back up. All right, side note here. How's this going to look in the movie? How do you yeah. think this is going to look? Like, mutations, like... It used to be like Harry Potter werewolf mutations, or, like, what do you think? Professor Lupin with yeah. mixed in capital um, style? I'm feeling like they're not going to be, I don't know, alright, let's start with size. Like, okay. are you feeling like they might be... I think they're bigger uh, than, I think they're bigger than wolves. Bigger than wolves, like... Yeah, because they have to wolf be... wolf is like the size of a, a dog yeah, they have, thing, they right? have to be fast. Yeah. I feel like they're going to have the body of a wolf be very, kind of slender. Okay. And, um you know, very, like, lean, but I don't know about the size, because I think, um, the cornucopia is, I want to say, 10 feet, like, at the opening. It's 10 feet off the ground, the highest point. So, they're wondering if they can jump that high. So, we know that they're not, like, ginormous and 10 feet tall. So, I'm guessing maybe they're, like, they, I feel like they can't be Anything more than six feet because of that. See, I picture them as werewolves. Like, yeah. Oh, like a different type of werewolf, but... I more picture like, them like complete, like, like coyote kind of thing with, mm. like, you know, just different color hair. Yeah. I think they have to be more intimidating, though. Yeah. But, like, if a pack of wolves is chasing you, you're going to be intimidated. Like... Mm, yeah. I guess. But, I mean, do you think that what um, Collins pictured in her mind writing is going to be different than... Like, do you think they're going to amplify and exaggerate in the film, like, the size of them? Maybe. Maybe. Possibly. Just for, like, you know, Hollywood effects kind yeah. of thing? Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, we'll have to see in a couple of weeks. So weird, in a couple of weeks, right? Almost. It's a... It's a, <laughs> it's a actually, it's Mumford today. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Because we're recording on the 23rd, so. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, a month from now. Oh, God, 6 a.m. on the 20th. 6 p.m. on March 23rd. 
Why are you saying 6 p.m.? Because it's 6 p.m. right now. Oh, okay. Why don't you tell them what time it is? Why don't you tell them where we live? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, cool. All right. Thanks. So, um, then Cato manages to get Peta in a headlock, which this part was interesting. Um, for some reason, when I first read this, I thought they were in a tree, and he was, like, hanging Peta over the edge in a tree. But they're still in the cornucopia. So just clearing that up for anybody that gets well, Because no one ever thinks like you. <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody out there. <laughs> I will find them and befriend them. Um, but yeah, so they're still on top of the cornucopia. But um, so Kato's still wearing all this armor. So she can't just shoot him. Um, and so she's pointing. I mean, right now they're at a stalemate because... Kato has Peta hanging over the edge, basically in a headlock, and cutting off his air supply. And Peta's already got a bad gash in his leg, again, from one of the wolves. Um, and so Katz is aiming her arrow at Kato. Kato's got Peta, so it's, it's, it's a stalemate. They don't know what to do next. They're both waiting for someone to make a move. So Peta draws an X on Kato's hand, and then Katniss realizes if she shoots Kato's hand that's holding Peta up, He'll let go, and she can grab Peta, and then so basically the Peta way he does this, that remember his leg is bleeding. Right. He takes the blood from his leg. Right. Draws an X mark on Kato's hand to say like X marks the spot. Here's where you need to hit it. Hit it. And I thought this was so interesting. I thought it was really how, creative. Yeah, because Peta, you know, he's creative in the sense of painting, drawing, um, decorating, which is kind of girly qualities. But he, Katniss is. That's always, not funny. That is not funny. I'm not... Okay, whatever. So, Katniss sure, has out. always been the one that has been able to think on her feet. She's the one that's kind of um, that survival brain, knows what to do next. You know, she's in survival mode. She knows what to do in order to survive. Right. You know, her gears move faster than PETA's. Yeah. Except for the situation where PETA's the one that's about to die, but he is thinking more than Katniss. So, I think at this point, Katniss, like, maybe... She feels more for Peta because right now she's actually really freaking out that he's going to die. She's like, I can't lose him. And she's so overwhelmed with the thought of losing him that she can't think correctly. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, But it's interesting that Peta is the one that can think on his feet for this in this scenario. So, um, so of course, um, Katniss shoots Kato's hand. And... So he falls down, and, you know, Katniss and Peter are still on the top. And so the, now they're waiting for the canyon, cannon to sound because, obviously, the um, mutations are down there, and they're going to eat him alive. Um, and then they realize it could be a long time because Kato has the armor. So they go through the whole night, and she's trying to keep Peter alive because, obviously, he's has so much blood loss, and she's afraid of blood poisoning as she was before. So she makes a tourniquet. Out of yeah, out her of last arrows. arrow. Yeah. Out of her last arrow. The last arrow. Oh, that's so intense. Yeah. And um, can you imagine? I, I keep talking to the movie because we're so close yeah. to it. Imagine what this scene's gonna be like. Listening, sitting them in the dark in the freezing cold, mm. listening to Cato moan in the cornucopia. It's like I almost wish oh the movie God. was R just so we could get the full picture because I feel like if they rated books like they did in movies, this book might have an R rating if it had more blood in I it. I think it's only if it's R rating if it's sexually explicit or language. I don't know. I feel like if there's a lot of blood, there is. Well, you know, they interviewed Jennifer, 
um, one of the websites, and she said that there is a lot of finals. There's arrows inside people, and there's going to yeah. be there's going to be. She says there's a lot of blood and gore. Yeah. Because that's the nature of the book. So. Yeah. But it's like in the movie, and we know this for a fact because of interviews and um, books released that. We're not just going to see Katniss's perspective. We're going to be able to cut back to District 12. We're going to be able to cut back to what Cato and the career pack is doing or cut back to what Rue's doing, PETA. We're going to see other people, not just Katniss's perspective. So we might see other deaths that we haven't experienced in the book. So I think that's what's going to make it more gory and blood because you're going to see other people being killed that Katniss right. doesn't experience. Right. So... Um, so yeah, they're waiting this long time, and Katniss is just really worried Peta's not going to make it, and they're so close. So this night, Katniss says, is, quote, the next couple hours are the worst in my life. So I think that's so significant, because she's had such a hard life, and she's gone to bed so many times, completely hungry, and for this to be the worst night of her life, it is just monumental. Right. So she also says, quote, I find myself yelling his name louder and louder because if he goes and dies on me now, I know I'll go completely insane. Yeah, you don't love him. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, just because you can't live without someone doesn't mean you love them. I can't live without you, Kira. Does that mean you love me? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> my point. So. No, I can survive without you. I can okay. do this. Embarrass me on air, why don't you? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's like, I think we do see now that, like, there is a bond between them, whether it's friendship, romantic, whatever. Um, Katniss, at this point, really will go insane without PETA, and, you know, um, I don't want to say anything else. (laughs) So, she also has another quote, quote, I may be able to take him out. It would be an act of mercy at this point. And she's talking about just killing Cato just because, obviously, he's not going to survive. He's he's on his deathbed, or ground, or whatever. So, she says, quote, Pity no vengeance sends an arrow flying into his skull. Pity not vengeance. Oh, sorry, I typed it wrong. Um, <laughs> sends so, an arrow flying into his skull. What? Yeah, I'm just reiter- reiterating. Oh, okay. Um, so, I think this, I, I kind of want to compare her killing Kato versus her killing Marvel. Because her kind of thoughts and how she looks at killing someone really is different throughout this book. At the beginning of the book, we see her killing animals. And, you know, she's she's okay with that. She's like, I'm using, it's almost like Native Americans, like they would kill something, but they would use every piece of it. And, you know, that was okay to them because they use every piece of it. Yeah. So I feel like Katniss kind of has the same mentality because she's using you know, basically kind of every piece of the animal. She's giving, like, the, what do you call those, entrails or whatever, like, the guts to the cat, right? Buttercup. And then, you know, she's using the meat to eat and the bones for soup and the fur for boots or, like, you know, she's really using all of it. And then once Gail says the quote that we saw in the trailer, like, in the games, it's just like hunting. You're the best hunter I know. But Kat is like, it's, no, it's not like that. Right. So... The first person she kills, Marvel, that's, I think, in the moment, it's not a big deal because she's so mad for him killing Rue. 
but she's she's still I think afterwards she feels she feels bad because she's like I didn't even know his name like the boy I killed I didn't even know his name he could have a family she starts kind of thinking about that so but I mean at that point it's different than from before she was in the games the, the games really do change Katniss she was you know a really really tough girl obviously from day one but she gets I think her experiences really shape her for like what she sees is bad and like death isn't I think it's still a big deal but killing someone doesn't mean as much to her at this point it's part of life now she's done it before that's what she needs to survive basically and I yeah. think for Kato when she kills Kato it's like it's an act of mercy she's doing it for him she's not doing it out of anger so I know we've talked about is it a sin not to get too religious here but is it a sin for her to kill Marvel? And we kind of, you know, butt heads a little bit there, which was good to have a little discussion. But kind of relating back to that, do you think it's a sin for her to kill Kato? At this point, he's he's at the point he's at that he's being attacked and he's... I mean, in our perspective, yes, based on our religion, but if you go into the world of Panem... We're Catholic. Yeah. Just going to put that um, in there. I don't really see them having, like, an actual religion, them going to church, getting baptized, learning about this spiritual outcome. Okay, well, outcome. then, morally, is it... But, but for morally, for Katniss, I don't know. Because, it's okay if you don't want to because, answer. Like, I don't I mean, want to put you on the spot. Because, I Kato has obviously sinned because he's killed multiple people himself. Does that mean he would deserve to die if he's killed that many people? Or is it just, like... I mean, it's... Does he deserve to die more than religion? It's such a big debate, because whether you're killing to save yourself, you're killing for self-defense... Which is, in some cases, acceptable to your moral opinion, or mm -hmm. are you killing just to, just for like personal gain? It doesn't, it doesn't make a difference. So if we look into like, I just really think that there is no type of religion in the nation because it's such a dictatorship. They don't want people coming in with, oh, separate ideas that could foster another rebellion. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be like that. So they don't want anyone believing that there's some higher power. That has like this better life for the them. The capital is the higher power. The There's capital, nothing more exactly. than that in this book. So there is no like closer thing to heaven because where you're living right now is the best that you have and mm -hmm. the best you can get. So I don't think Katniss actually knows what sin is or feels any type of hmm. sin because she doesn't she doesn't believe in it. Right. I, but I do think she does have that moral battle and conflict inside herself on whether it is ethically right to be killing these people who have not had any chance at starting a life yet, have not experienced, like, the pleasures of marriage, of children, of... Well, reaching in this world, pleasure of children might not be as much I as mean, on ours. Exactly, but, like, adulthood and, like, mm -hmm. having that freedom. They, like, Ruth, for example, is 12 years old. She hasn't even gone through, like... Puberty yet. Exactly, yeah. so she doesn't know much. She's just trying to, like, find her place. Mm -hmm. And she lost that. Yeah. So, I guess moving on, that was like an intense like discussion. Um, they go back to the lake. Right, so Katniss and Peta, they're like, why isn't um, the hovercraft picking up Kato? Because his body's dead at this point. He is dead, not his body's dead. Um, so they make it back to the lake, and the hovercraft comes, gets Kato's body. And they're like, all right, where's our hovercraft? We want to go home. Like, they're antsy to get home. And so then... Um, says, quote, a mockingjay gives the long, low whistle, and tears of relief fill my eyes as the hovercraft appears and takes Cato's body away. So for her, it's like, this is the end. Like, these are, 
tears of relief, she says. It's over. Like, she just feels her body, like, like it's not in this um, arousal mode. Right. That now it's in a um, uh, kind of more of a dormant mode almost because she's so tired from everything that's gone on that she tired. is finally. <laughs> did I say that? Tired. Tired. You're so yeah. tired of everything <laughs> going on. That, uh, um, she's able to now, like, relax for the first time in, you know, three weeks. So um, then this only lasts for, like, two seconds because then we hear an announcement saying, quote, the earlier revision has been revoked. Oh, uh, Claudius Temple Smith. Yes. So then she's all amped up again because she's like, what? Pissed off. Yeah. So... <laughs> So Katniss takes angry. her bow right away, her reaction is to take her bow and points it at PETA. And PETA has a knife. Oh, drama. That's like the exact instinct for the, yes. for the televised. So then, but PETA has a knife, but he's pointing it, he's going to throw it in the river, in the lake, and while she's still pointing at him. And so Katniss' face burns with shame. And how could she even think of killing him when she just said she'd go insane without him? That's what I want to know. Like, She's saying how she would go completely insane. I think she, and now she's ready to kill him to, right. for her to survive. I think the reason behind this is that Katniss has this really quick and wet thought process. Like, something happens and she knows exactly how to think about it. I think what, as soon as the er, Claudia said the earlier vision has been revoked, her mind started going a million miles an hour thinking, Gail, Prim, my mother, back home, everything there. Yeah. And that all of a sudden came, became more important than PETA. Just in that split time. She doesn't even, yes. it's unconscious. It does, she doesn't even have to think about it. She knows that Gail and Prim and her mother are much more important than Pita is. But then, once she kind of thinks about it, um, she, obviously they get the nightlock berries and they put them in their mouth. So they say it was another second or so and the poison went down. They didn't spit it out in time and they both died. Is that better than one of them surviving? I mean, is Katniss's life better dying in the arena than living with the guilt of killing PETA? Because you can always kill yourself out of the arena. Katniss, you can't unkill yourself. Katniss is, well, her life would be better because she'd be out of the arena, but she'd always live, she'd always be in that higher state thinking, I left, I abandoned my family. Yeah. I abandoned Gail, who needed me at this time. So she's always going to bear that. Either way, she's going to feel guilty yeah. because she just she killed Peta. That left her fa- his family in turmoil, and then she's always going to question whether she was actually in love with him. And then she still gets her family back, but then it's like that part of her is always going to be missing because yeah. at this point, Peta has become such a big influence on her life, has like opened her up to all these new viewpoints, and like. She has this special connection with him that she doesn't know what is yet, what it is yet. And now she also has something to almost like live for. Right. Because she's kind of just been surviving and not living. She hasn't been happy and flourishing and thriving in her life because, I mean, there's nothing to thrive for. But once you have someone like Peta kind of show you what life can be and, you know, later through his paintings and stuff like that, that, you know, if you look at life in a different point of view, it can be a lot better. I think that's also something that Collins is kind of pointing out as a theme in the book that, you know, you shouldn't just keep going through life. I need to get this done, this done. Like, you have to, like, stop and smell the roses. Like, we've had this conversation before. Yeah. Midterms, everything going on and looking at colleges. And we're just so 
like crazy and then we're like okay we gotta like calm down we actually have to have a night just like to hang out and not do work and everything so it's like well this technically is work though. yeah but um you know it's like i think susan collins really does point out i mean this is just one of the many things that she does point out and so another question that i wanted to bring up i know this is a really long chapter but we're, we're doing really well so yeah I'm don't worry keep, keep going. It going take your time um so we're almost done for my chapter um so do you think that Katniss would have gone through with it if Peta fought her? I know we talked about this with Rue a little bit, but I think this is different. Peta, it is so much different because Rem, 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 oh my god. No, you said it like Rue. <laughs> Rue. Rue. Um, no, Prem is... No, what no. are you talking about now? Peta. Would she have fought Peta? Okay. She, because I'm trying to compare her and Rue. She sees Rue as relation to Prim. Yes. So it was like that was a big part of her that she couldn't, that was despairing. Um, I don't know if she could have killed Peter because Peter doesn't have a fair chance because he has the injured leg. Yeah. You know, he's not. He, even if he was fully healthy. You know, he's not as like precise as she is. Yeah. So if she has the unfair advantage and I don't think she would want to do that. If it came down where they had to fight, she would give him. Well, she was ready to kill him. What if like he had kept his knife. Because we said he just threw it out, but he was... But yeah, what if, what if, before even she shot the arrow, he threw the knife at her? Yeah. But then that's not how but Peter's that's not character that is. Happen. It's hard, because, like, we do these what-if questions, and we get so far into it that it's, like, that would It's happen. unrealistic, yeah. because Peter's you gotta, character... You gotta have some realistic Yeah, knife. he would rather die for Katniss yeah. than anything else. And I think, you know, proving this, he says, quote, do it, I don't want to die like Cato. And so I think... We do have to look at Peta as, yes, he's kind of, I don't want to say a wimp, because he's not a wimp. He's just not strong in the ways that Katniss is. Yeah. And the ways that Katniss is is usually attributed to kind of male gender and everything. And so, but I think we can, you know, Peta does, um, what's the word? When men want to keep up that, you got to know what I'm talking about. Like, um, like, you don't want to, like, ask your dad for money if you're a grown man. Like, what's that? Balls? <laughs> <laughs> no, Matt. No, no, no. Like, you want to... Oh, man, why pride? am I liking out? Yeah, your pride. <laughs> Such a simple word. I'm so embarrassed. Um, but he, he's, he's, he's proud of who he is. He's, you know, like he said before, like, if I'm going to die, I want to still be me. <laughs> so it's like, he doesn't want to die like Cato. He wants to die a noble death. And I think that's something that we can admire from Peter, that he wants to be the best person he can. And I think he's definitely... I mean, Katniss has her moments as a role model, but overall, I feel like Peter is the role model in the book. Yeah. I think you've looked up to him. I've looked up to him. My brother might have looked up to him. We don't know. know. He's indifferent about everything. Yeah. He's a young chap. What can we say? Okay. So, to finish up the chapter, um, obviously they um, take the, quote, dark berry glistens in the sun. So, it doesn't, okay, we've, we've discussed this and debated and argued. Dark doesn't necessarily mean black. You've won it, but now I'm going back. I'm going back for a second round because I believe. Drop it, drop it. Okay, can I just, I don't even know if they know what we're talking about. 
So I believe that the berry is red, poisonous red. The berry is black with red juice in it. I prove I know, it with I know. factual information oh from the book. Where's your facts? Bring them to me. Come on, Bring the, them quotes, to the, table. the quotes in the book. I yeah. showed this to you, that the they were black berries. They Not were, black berries, they're nightlife. No, I'm saying that they were black colored berries. Yeah. I, prove it, I pr- proved it with quotes from the book. You, we'll you in lost. The Get over it. <laughs> oh, by the way, quick thing. Um, people on the cast, like the cast, like the tributes, say that the Nightlock Bears taste really good. <laughs> so. Um, no, you lost yeah. this battle. Get over it. You can't <laughs> you always. Know, you're so like weird. You can't like, you always. Laughing to be like really proud of me. You can't be always be right, Kira. I will try to the no, best no, of no, my no, ability. No, 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 no. I'm gonna reach my full potential. <laughs> yeah, that's not very far. Oh, okay. Um, so she's. Pat says, quote, I lift my hand to my mouth, take one last look at the world before she almost dies. Commit suicide. Then, Claudius Temple Smith announced the two winners of the 74th Hunger Games. Yay! Woo-hoo. Drama now. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a really good chapter. Like, that right. was good. All right. I'm going to breeze through chapter 26 here. Yep. And see what we I'm always, here. like, the lengthy, and I do whatever I do, and then you're like... Banging it out. You do everything perfect, and I'm just fought it off. Well, you know, I am to be, I am one to please. So. All right, chapter 26. 26. First thing that comes in the chapter is that Pete and Katniss automatically spit the berries out, wipe the tongues, and automatically go. <laughs> you don't have to talk that fast. <laughs> and wipe, and go to the lake and wash out their mouths and make sure to, if they didn't swallow any. Take a breath. And then, this is the really cute thing. They say oh. that they collapse into each other's arms. That's so, so like, after this big traumatic event. I can't event, wait to see that, too. I'm hugging. Really, <laughs> I get really excited. I bet you do. Um, and it's nice to see after this big, like, dark event, they still find, like, the romance in each other. And so they both didn't swallow any, like, any juice, so, like, they're clean. It's all good. And I mean, actually, they're dirty with dirt and everything. They and so then, shower, like... But. The hovercraft comes and lifts them up, and Katniss, she's looking down as she leaves the arena, and even though their bodies are frozen, she still watches as the blood falls from Peter's knee, and so he's like... Well, wait, what do you mean by the body? Like, okay, frozen? like, there's a, like, there's a force field that surrounds them as they climb, the, as the ladder pulls them up into the hovercraft, yes. so they don't escape. Right. So, like, they're, like, frozen in the position with Peter's arm around her, and she knows that oh, Peter doesn't okay. have the strength to hold her up, mm-hmm. so that's why, like, they're frozen there. And then as soon as they reach the hovercraft, Peter collapsed on the floor unconscious. Right. Because he's lost so much blood. And um, she starts, and then the doctors come off Peter, start, like, put him on the table, and she's describing how white he looks. And they start working on him, trying to get him to um, try to, like, save him, basically. And um, Katniss is standing behind a glass frame, screaming, crying, and, like, Pounding bang, on the glass. Hanging on the yeah. glass. Because she feels intense. like this separation from Peter, and she's, like, so scared about him that he's going to die. When you read this, did you think he might die? Because no. I was really worried. When I read this, because I, I remember, like, sitting on my porch in the summer or whatever, like, reading this book. And I wasn't, it was, like, intense. I wasn't, like, too convinced that he was going to die because the capital is technologically but like far more technologically there's so more advanced oh, okay. they have all this like, technically. no they have all these medical advancements mm-hmm. they they could pretty much rebuild organs at like in but two minutes i wasn't minutes. thinking of that i was just so concerned well, about my yeah, pita so unlogical um <laughs> i'm like but, the most logical person you know <laughs> yeah okay and um but the one thing i liked about what was interesting was like out of all this like all this pain and suffering she's feeling 
the one of the servants has the nerve to offer her a beverage. So it's yeah. like she like and the beverage is so perfect and so pretty that she's like she puts it down because she feels like she she doesn't trust anything that clean and pretty anymore. Because mm. she always because it's the capital made and the, it's probably anything perfect is, is exactly. not perfect because it's from the capital and it's like it's too perfect in her eyes. Exactly Which makes sense. Yeah. So um, while she's watching them work on Peter, she starts questioning like why the when patients came in during the winter or whenever they were sick or hurt from the mines and her mother and Prim always had that look on their face that they know there was nothing they could do. Yeah. But yet the people still had, um, like the family still had the nerve to stay. And so she questioned, like, why do, why don't they leave? Why do they stay all the time? And now and she feels that. And she goes, and now I know it's because you have no choice. It's like, you can't risk Losing that, uh, losing that one person that you that means the world to you. Do you think that to her in this moment, that Peta is that person in the world to her? It's not Prim. It's obviously not her mother. Could be Gail. Do you think that just saying the most important person in the world to her right now is Peta? Yeah. At You're this, nodding. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Are we back to that again? <laughs> At this moment, yes, because she's never been presented with this severity of Peter's death. I mean, Peter's been very close to dying Yeah. when he was had a camouflage himself and she saved him. But I think in this position, she doesn't have the opportunity to save him. Hmm. She can't save him, and that's what's affecting her so much. She's, there's a boundary. She's there. putting... Peter's in the hands of strangers who she doesn't trust, she doesn't yeah. know. So it's affecting her because she doesn't... She doesn't know, like, how they're going to do it. Like, she needs to know step by step what's going on and what's happening, and they're shutting her out from it. Do you think that if, say, Katniss's mom was working on, and Prim, maybe, if her family was working on PETA, would she feel more relaxed? Would no. She, no? Because she'd be worried about what her what her mother might do. Like, she wa- still wants, she's already she still, pissed at her she mom. She still wants to be connected. Yeah. And she's not connected. Either way, she's separated by that glass. Yeah. And when she starts, when they land at the training center, she starts hurtling herself against the glass and shrieking. Mm-hmm. And um, then she says... Um, I think I just catch a glimpse of pink hair. It must be Effie. It has to be Effie coming to my rescue when the needle jabs me from behind. So they um, inject her with the sleeping medication. That knocks her out. Like the sugar berries, right? Yeah. <laughs> so then she um, wakes up, and she's in a, like a big, uh, like it's a yellow walled room, and there are no windows, no doors, so automatically she feels that seclusion from the outside world. And um, she's strapped down into the bed with... Um, IVs and going into her arm. And she notices that, like, everything's perfect about her now. That, like, she looks at her hands and, like, all the battle scars from years of hunting in the forest are gone. Like, all her... Everything. And then she notices that, like, she can hear... It was her left ear, right? That she lost hearing I believe so, yeah. Um, She realizes that she can hear again her left ear. And that's Here's a question for you. Yeah. Yeah, do you think it's that's a yay or nay that she can hear again in her left ear? What do you mean? Like, do you think that's good that she can hear again or bad? Oh, good. I think it's good because you need that to be able to hunt because what happens is, you probably know this kind of thing from anatomy, but, like, when you hear and you turn your head to, like, hear, it's the difference between your ears to know where the sound is coming from. So, I mean, the ears are, like, six inches apart, so that's enough to be able to tell where it's coming from. So if you only have one of them, it's much harder to tell where they're coming from. 
you know, if she has an attacker coming at her, if she has, you know, wolves coming at her or something, and dogs, like, she needs to be able to know where they are, if she's hunting, like, her life depends, and her family's life and hunger depend on her being able to hunt. Right. So I think it's very important, and I think this is one thing, obviously the Capitol did this to her in the first place, but for the Capitol to fix this seems weird to me, because why would the Capitol even invest in that? Why would they just send them home? Because the tribute needs to look perfect. It needs to feel perfect. Oh, for all the Because remember, the Capitol yeah. is all about perfection. Everything in its neat little place, in its specific order. I'm serious here. No, it's not I know, funny. I know, I know. And um, they I want just, the tributes to look perfect. They say, hey, they're all right. Nothing bad happened to them. The arena was great. They had a great time in the Hunger yeah. Games. And also, they are going to be the um, advisors, like Haymitch, for the other people. So they're still going to be in stage. Like, like once they're... Um, the moment they are at the reaping and chosen, from that moment on, their life forever, as long as it will be, whether they're going to die in three weeks or live to be 50, 60, is always going to be with cameras in the spotlight, whatever they end up doing. So I think, yeah, you're right. They do need to look perfect, and I didn't realize that. Hmm. And so um, then the red Avox girl comes in with um, her tray of food, and uh, the one question that she asks out of anything because she was afraid to spark some relationship with the Avox girl, was, did PETA make it? And the Avox girl... And is asking this. Yeah, the Avox girl can't talk. She's yeah, like, Yeah, I know. I'm just making sure that people are following. And um, she responds with a single nod. Right. So, um, she has survived. She has. PETA has survived. I know. I do that all the time. And, um, then as she's, uh, eating her food, which, um, she feels like it's not enough, and, like, her stomach has felt like it's shrunken, you're like saying that the been, food is... It's like, mean, it's, it's, it's like she describes it as a bowl of clear broth, a small serving of applesauce, and a glass of water. And that's too much? That, no, she feels like that's not enough. But, but she that does, would make sense. If her stomach's strong, reason, her, she she she, For some reason, she feels like her stomach is like... Got, she says that um, my stomach seems to have shrunk to the size of a chestnut. Yeah. So it's like it's filling, filling her up already. Oh, okay. You're kind of contradicting yourself. You're saying that's sorry, not enough I'm food, sorry. but yeah, I get you now. It's her stomach has shrunk, mm-hmm. so she's that food is filling, even yeah. though it's a very small portion. And as she's eating, she's thinking about what's going on now. Like, um, Hamish, um, Effie, Senna, Portia, they're all getting ready for the public appearances, which is why Katniss needs to again look perfect. Right. Which is why all the imperfections in her face and like her body are gone. And um, then she starts to struggle when she starts questioning about like home, and she gets to go home now and. Her mother and Prim and Gail, and she just feels that she needs to get out of the bed and needs to see Peta and Senna. And um, as she's starting to struggle, she feels like this cold liquid inject in her arm, and then she again falls unconscious. So then, again, this happens periodically as she wakes up, she eats, and then yeah. she comes in this in this daze for a long time. Until she wakes up one day, and the ivy's out of her arm. The straps against her wrist are open, like, she's free from the bed. And she stands up, and she starts, like, looking at her body, looking at herself, feeling her face, and how everything, like, the, her burnt calf is perfectly healed. Yeah. It's just, like, that, what she was working on. It's amazing. Yeah, and, and it's um, amazing that the capital has all this technology, but yet the districts are dirt poor, and people are dying from stuff they could easily fix. Right. And I think that's very important because you got to see that the capital is not um, very charitable and they're not giving out a lot. And so. Right. So she then 
uh, exits into the hallway where she finds Hamish, Effie, and Cinna. And um, they congratulate her on a job well done and um, how amazed they were. And she, Katniss asks, where's Portia? Is she with Peta? And um, they say he's fine, only that they want you, they want to do your reunion live on air. Of course, the they want to take every single thing they can out of these kids. Exactly, with this whole romance thing going on. See, the long-lost lover who you've been worried about, who you're screaming on the hovercraft with. Um, so, as they prepare, get her ready for the ceremony, um, again, you have Octavia, Vina, and Flavis come in and start, again, start talking about themselves and, like, what was going on. And um, Flavis says, and they did a full body polish on you. This, I mean, the people who fixed her up, they said not a flaw left on your skin. Again, the yeah. perfection. Everything has to be perfect. There can be no flaws, nothing like that. So, also, um, as again, as they're fixing her up, doing her hair and nails, they again start talking about themselves, and Katniss zones out, but she can't help wondering why every time they talk at a certain scene that happened in the arena, they were saying, I was still in bed. I had just had my eyebrows dyed. I swear I nearly fainted. She goes, everything is about them. Not the dying boys and girls in the arena. And I think this is because of the way the Capitol people were raised. And if they, I feel like if they lived a week in one of the districts, they would have a complete different outlook. And I feel like that's maybe why Senna is so different. Because maybe he has had no, more exposure. Or maybe his parents did. And like he was raised saying, like, look, we have all this, but be grateful for it and everything. And exactly. These people aren't grateful. At all. It's just, it's boggles my mind to think about it that they didn't even consider because it's so natural yeah because they've been doing this for 74 years it's natural to see girls and boys dying it's not that eventful anymore yeah that's why they need to again institute the quarter quell to spark it yeah. up and that's why the romance between Katniss and Peter was such a big thing yeah, because it it's happens. something new something different and they always have to have to have something new, something different. And especially in this society, who doesn't love a good romance? Whenever yeah. we read a movie, read a movie, read a book or watch a movie, we always want some form of romance. Oh, yeah. Always. Either a kissing scene, a explicit <laughs> scene, something like that. Yeah. And when we don't get that, we give the movie a poor rating. Yep. So we always, that's what keeps audiences so attached. Yeah, I think in human have... nature, that's the most exciting thing in someone's life. Exactly. Is the love to... interest. Right. So that's why get instituted the love interest, get more sponsors, get more viewers, get more people hyped up for the Hunger Games. Yeah. They love marketing everything. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, again, this, uh, this is going to be filler stuff where um, Cinna uh, puts, puts on her dress. It's just like a plain yellow dress, and she still thinks she's the girl. On fire. And it's always, whatever she wears, this color is associated to fire. Exactly. The red. Diamonds. Right. So. And um, as she's getting ready to go on her platform up to the ceremony, where she'll be reunited with Peta, Hamish gives her a long hug, which he never does. And um, he's always isolated himself, and he will give some advice, but it's really never. And this is a really creative idea, because this is from Hamish's survival skills. As he's hugging her, he whispers in her ear. Uh, listen up, you're in trouble. Word is the Capitol's furious about you showing them up in the arena. The one thing they can't stand is being laughed at, and they're the joke of Panem. Which so. that's a huge part. And this, I feel like this chapter really, really 
um, sets the scene for the rest of the series because this is the first time rebellion is really an issue for Katniss. It's always been like she could do something here and there, and now her life and her family's life, it's on the line exactly. in this reunion. She can't mess up. She has to do everything the way the Capitol wants it to go because yeah. the Capitol cannot be a laughing stock. That's the last thing that they will stand. Exactly, because they'll spark rebellion. If, we, if they can do that to the Capitol, what can we do? Yeah. So, um, and the cover-up that Hamish comes up with is saying that you were so madly in love with PETA that you did not know what you were thinking when you pulled out those Nybok berries. Which is true. Yeah. And I Kat- mean, there was an act of rebellion in there, but that was mostly the case. And Katniss says, did you tell PETA this? Um, don't have to, says Hamish. He's already there. And so for some stupid reason, Katniss does not understand what that means. It is so uh... annoying. That she doesn't get, well, what, what? What do you mean he's already there? Does it mean that he's already in the plan? Or, like, is he in love with me? Oh, my gosh, I don't know. So hey, she's annoying. a teenage girl. She's figuring things but out for herself. Are I can so, relate. the signs are there. They are staring at her Some in of the us are face. blind to those things. It's just, that is annoying. And she, okay. Um, and then as she's, like, riding up the uh, platform, she starts getting frustrated, and she's sort of shaking because she's so, this is, like, the most, dangerous thing of the Hunger Games. Like, upsetting the Capitol, who can destroy her family, destroy everything that she loves. And she's not good at these public appearances. I mean, Peter's always been the best at these, and this is where he shines, where he's charismatic, and he can kind of ease the crowd and kind of manipulate it to yeah, what he wants to This is where Peter was, Peter's needed. Yeah, and so Katniss really doesn't have any experience in dealing with humans and interactions, and she doesn't have any um, emotional intelligence or anything like that. So right. that's something where she lacks. But, I mean, she starts picking it up from Peter. And um, going on to when she's thinking about what Hamish said, don't have to, he's already there. She says, already thinking ahead of me in the games again, and well aware of the danger we're in. Come on, Katniss. Or... Already desperately in love. I don't know. I haven't begun to separate out my feelings about Peter. I just want to like, dwell strang- too much. On I just it, want to but... strangle her. This is like <laughs> the most annoying thing on the planet. <laughs> I mean, I love Katniss. I love you to death, but like seriously, come on. Like slap some sense into you. I, I know you're so like traumatized by all this happening, but come on, the signs are there for the past. Like, ten, not ten years, they're sixteen. For the past, like, <laughs> ten years. Yeah, ten years. Ten years. Because that's when she started school. Stupid. Yeah, but Peter didn't speak up until the, when he had to, the hungry Yeah. Years. He's so, like, well, I couldn't talk to you because I didn't know what to say. He's an idiot, too. You couldn't talk to her for ten years? What's your problem? What is right. his problem? And, um, so she says, and right now, the most dangerous part of the hunger games is about to begin. And that's chapter 26. One to go. One to, oh my god, that's so upsetting. <laughs> okay, Hi. so, now we move on, oh god, we're running really behind today. So, we're going to move on to Capital Opera, which is where every podcast episode, I will play a song that connects to the novel. So this week, I've selected I'll Follow You Into the Dark by Death Cab. So I'll post this video again under the segments tab, Capital Opera. So keep submitting your original songs, guys, or stuff that you want to... Put on the show through Twitter at NightlockPod or at NightlockPodcast.gmail.com. So, we're going to take a listen to the song now, play maybe a minute of it, and uh, here we go. Love of mine, someday you will die, but I'll be close behind. 
follow you into the dark. No blinding light or tunnels to gates of white. Just our hands clasped so tight, waiting for a hint of a spark. If heaven and hell decide that they both are satisfied, illuminate the nose on their vacancy signs. If there's no one beside you when your soul embarks, then I'll follow you into the dark. All right. So, um, based on the section that was played for you guys. We came, We thought of a few things based on the quotes, such as like, um, follow you into the dark, again relating to the dark, Hunger Games, death, that kind of thing. And uh, this was like a PETA, of course, yeah. always a PETA cat yeah. song. No, but I think like, especially, I love like when Matt played in the song, I'm like, oh my god, this fits the chapter so well, because yeah. we have Katniss running away from death, the wolves. And then PETA is kind of stuck, okay, I'll follow her. He's really, like, following her into, like, they're about to die. He's always following her, whatever they do. Follow, and also following her into the dark meaning, the darkness of night, the coldness. Like, that is how close they got to death. That yeah. was basically death in itself. That suffering of that lack of body heat, the cold, listening to Kato moan, that is death, basically, in And itself. they're always together. Like, obviously, once they get together, they're... They stay together, and um, kind of the uh, lyrics, someday you will die, I'll be close behind, that PETA, you know, I think at this point we can agree that PETA loves Katniss, and having this from his point of view, thinking of it that way, like the lyrics, that Katniss will die someday, and I think when that happens, we can almost think that PETA would too, that he would yeah. just commit suicide or something, and um, not to make this like really lengthy, but um, kind of Romeo and Juliet, I want to relate this to, um, that once yeah. one of them, oh, I like, you know, one of them thought the other was dead, they killed themselves. Like, that's kind of relating to how serious the relationship is. Also, um, blinding light, which can relate to the Capitol, the high buildings, the everything is white, not a speck of dirt or anything, which is blinding light meaning that's like, Light can be seen as hope, which the capital is sort of like prosperity, but also it's also blinding light means too much light, too much, too much stimulation. Also the blind, also blinding light. Oh, light bulb. Okay. Um, it's a light bulb as well. Yes. Photographs, the blinding light of the photographs, popularity, yeah. popularity, social media, that type of connection. Yeah, and I think it also um somewhere in the song it said something about spark. Yeah. That um, it's like the fire of the hope i feel like in this book the spark kind of starts and then by the second book it kind of that spark catches fire get it huh? yeah I get yeah it. so it's kind of like as the books grow the rebellion grows and it starts with katniss and then it just spreads like wildfire so katniss is the girl on fire but also the spark right. she's the spark of the rebellion and once that catches on it's complete wildfire throughout the, the districts and it you know Foreshadow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a little too much detail there. So, that's going to go under a capital opera. Yeah. And um, I haven't gone uh, classical music on you guys for a while, just so, just to keep it. We just keep finding these great songs that relate. God. So, what also, you find oh, them? oh, 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 oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Matthew, you have the floor. Uh, so, if you guys 
bought your tickets from Fandango, they also give you an opportunity to get a free Very Hunger good. Games soundtrack. So, um, while that when that comes, we're gonna put on some soundtrack songs. Yeah, so I think uh, the, Secret Sisters had a really good one. Yeah, we know that some came out already, but this song fits so well that we wanted to play the song. And yeah. obviously, you can tell we're short on time. So. Moving on, the um, next segment is Under the Microscope, and we've been doing this one uh, more recently because this segment is where we review products related to the Hunger Games. And uh, a while back on the news segment, we talked about the books coming out. There were quite a few of them. So um, today we're going to review the illustrated, sorry, the official illustrated movie companion. Um, And since we're short on time, we're just going to talk about the pictures, and next time we're going to talk about the information and text in the book. Yeah, since it's our last episode before the movie. Yeah, because then we can really talk about the movie more. And um, from now on, we're basically going to do one chapter an episode. Yeah, so, so we're going to keep it really mellow, guys. We're not going to rush through this as we did with getting to get the book done before the first movie. Because the second movie doesn't come out until 2013 yeah, of so November. We have the rest of our high school career oh to get through Catching Fire. So, so um, uh, we're going to take it really slow, which means... A lot of the chapter is going to be a lot of analysis, more insight. And also, we're going to have a lot more time for fun segments. Uh, fun segments like we had in the holiday episode and um, a lot of coming back. And we also have quite a few segments of our sleeves that we've already created that um, are going to come along in the next couple months. So right. definitely stay tuned. So first picture we see is... The are tributes. you talking about this or I am? Sorry, I thought I am. Sorry. So the first picture we see is of the tributes all gathered around um, one adult talking to them. So, also, we have commented before a little bit on the training outfits of them, and I think it's very clever that they have the district number on their sleeves because it does help you keep track of who's who, especially for the tributes that we don't know the names of, um, that we kind of just see, and, um, I mean, there's 24 of them, and we, you know, only know about 10 of, you know, names and faces together. So, um, overall, definitely great picture. Um, quick thoughts, Matt? Very nice. Anybody stand out to you? Well, if he does always, but okay. that's irrelevant. <laughs> and another picture. <laughs> uh, quickly is Katniss running through the arena. And um, I think the look of determination on her face and scared, and she's running high speed and, um, reason I picked this out to talk about, obviously there's a ton of pictures, we're just kind of key points here, um, that her outfit is going to be the outfit we'll see in the, um, movie. Nice. Her in the arena. So we have seen the jacket in her torso kind of outfit, but her pants, I mean, I don't want to get, like, too technical, but her pants, like, kind of, and her boots work well, so. Yeah, it blends in with the floor. Or floor. Forest floor. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got. Keep in mind, sorry guys, if the page noise is a bit lap lit. Oh, it makes it realistic. Bit um, so there's another, um, picture of the tributes all lined up, and so we see, can you see? Yeah, I can see it, yeah. Yeah? Okay. So, um, we have a lot of people that, like, I think are familiar to us just because we know the actors, but, um, it kind of gives you a sense of, like, um, the people and kind of how they look in their characters. Um, Marvel is the tallest we see. Um, he's very gangly, though. He's not, like, strong or anything. Um, and we do get our first glimpse of Glimmer um, in this picture. Um, we also see the height difference between Katniss and Peeta. 
Peter's shorter. Oh, yeah. Peter that's, is shorter than Katniss. Yeah, that's something that Josh always comments on in interviews. He's like, yes, I'm shorter than Jennifer. Get over it. <laughs> like, it's biology. I can't change it. But um, it's okay. He's the short, sweet guy that we all like. That's why he's perfect to play Moving Peter. on. Um, <laughs> well, right. So um, we have a full two-page picture of Katniss running through her woods. And uh, we can tell this not just by the caption, but because she's wearing her father's hunting jacket, which is tailored to her size, which is a little hard to believe. But um, we have boots that go higher up her legs, and um, she doesn't look poor. That's all I'm going to say about that. Be nice the page. This was like $10, by the way, if you want to buy it on Amazon. Um, we see another picture of kind of um, just on the set, but um, the reason I picked this picture out was because we see the outfits of the different districts. Um, no, what I meant was the tributes, what they're going to wear in the arena. Oh, right. That's what their, um, stylists, I guess, would pick out, um, and design for them. And it's really casual clothes that we would see kids, like, wearing at school, kind of like, it's, I think it's a mix between, like, school clothes and workout clothes, so. And to mention that they're all wearing boots, so that's, um, important. What else we got here? Um, this one. So district we have 12. talked a lot about um, District 12, the size, what, what we think it looks like. And I have to be honest, I think I've said this before, I have trouble picturing kind of what it is, and it's very Me blank too. in my mind. Yeah. I think for all of us, it's kind of hard to visualize, unless you've gone to a place and you're like, oh, it, it's kind of like that, and then you just think of that place. But um, I think once you see the pictures and then you think back to what District 12 was described as, it really does work. And I think it makes it come alive, like... I think a good part of the movie is it's just everyone is seeing the same visual now, so everyone can kind of relate back to it. And we see a um, kind of picture of, uh, like, workers going to the mines, and um, and we have also discussed kind of that all of this is taking place in North Carolina, whether it be, um, it really, it was all over the state. And they took different towns, and they really... It's it's amazing that, um you know, we'll get into that once we read the book more, but it really is interesting how they found places all in North Carolina to do it, and that's usually just done in Hollywood, you yeah. know? So it really it's like going to make it, got it yeah. come better alive. So, um, and it does have Some a lot of, of junk out and um, old stuff, so it, it really does look good. What else we got here? We have... Oh, the training center. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Well, there's not much to say about it. I mean, you can see, like, the different types of obstacles. They have um, stair climbers, and it just looks it looks very futuristic, I have to say. Yeah. Or something like, um, I don't want to say karate-type center, but it does. It has that kind of feel to it. It almost has a feel of, like, a laser tag place. Yeah. Because, like, I know when we would go to play laser tag, it... It does have that kind of feel to it, like you're in, like, almost like you ever see, like, the Nerf commercials. Yeah. It looks like that kind of arena. Like, it almost makes me wonder if they just, like, you know, took that from them. Um, and uh, this is an example of the Capitol. Um, it's, again, like we said in the sound, white, not a speck of dust, dirt, anything. And this is the computer graphic outline of this, so um, this is kind of their visualize of that. And it's a model of the uh, avenue of the tribute. So that's where the uh, chariot is going to happen. So that's very grand. And oh, the, here's the picture you're talking about with the green screen. Yeah. With the game makers. Okay. So that's pretty cool. 
And um, what is this? I have no idea. Look at the caption, my friend. There's no there caption. is no caption. Just kidding. Keep All right. Um, what else we got here? Ooh. Uh, this is Katniss Peta. I think uh, Katniss is sitting on the couch. Peta's behind her. Uh, the caption reads, Peta and Katniss in the living room of the training center apartment. Okay, so. I think this would be like a start to a romance scene. Maybe. I feel like this is kind of like, they're relating, like, they're, Peta's wondering what's wrong with Katniss, because you can see her facial expression is kind of just, like, distant, and yeah. so they're probably talking about, like, like, what's wrong or whatever, and I just wanted to comment real fast on Behind the Couch, um, it's, it's very interesting, I really like the style, I don't know exactly what to call it, it's like these, like, little spikes yeah, coming I out of something, that. it's very decorative, and I almost wonder if that would, like, light up at night or something, um, I have to see. yes, I love that. Alright, this is a, okay, so this is a really scene. important picture here. Um, we We've have, seen this picture many times. We have? Well, like, the side of Peta. Like, his side view looking at over. Right, but now we see the full, full picture. picture. of. Um, so, the caption reads, Lawrence and Hutcherson begin a scene in the arena, so that's not very specific. However, we can speculate um, that because Peta seems to be kind of um, messed up and has dirt on his face and he doesn't... They look like the... They've been in the arena a while, and they are right next to the um, stream, which does not look like a stream to me. That looks like a full-blown, like, river. Um, so I imagine the stream much smaller than this. Me too. Um, I guess that's because I'm used to, like, the streams in my woods and, like, everything. Yeah. Um, but I think... I think it's, I don't know, it's... He doesn't look mauled up enough. Like, if this is the scene... What, what scene do you, are you thinking this is? It can't be... Like, really early in the game. It has to be early I'm, in the game. I'm feeling like this is where sh she finds Peta. No. Oh, my no. God, no. Why? Because he doesn't look, like, that badly bruised. Yeah, but, like, it's under his like, pants. I'm like, looking for the gash in his leg. Yeah, but oh, it's there under it the pants. Yeah. There no, that's is. a sock. That's a sock. That yellow thing? Yeah, it's a sock. It's, like, orange. Uh, I, I don't okay, know. We'll, ha we'll have to come back to this kind of thing. Um, all right, oh. so this is the picture that I really wanted to point out, um, other than the last one. Um, this picture is, um, you pass by it just because it's like construction, but the caption reads, the crew constructing the cornucopia, and we have had trouble picturing how big it's going to be. I said something like the size of, like, two desks or something, and then Matt has said a couch, and then Mariah has said like something way bigger, something like no, that. No, I think it was bigger. What are you talking no, about? No, I don't know what I'm saying. Um... But this shows that it's it's really big. Like, I don't know if you can kind of make it out, Matt, here, but is I, I think this is kind of the opening yeah. out here. So I would imagine that's probably, there's men working on it, so you can kind of take their size. So he's probably six feet tall. So I'm guessing it's 12 feet because it's like two of him. Yeah. Um, that's a decent. So size. it does give you an image of, I thought it was a lot smaller, so that's kind of. Wake up call for me. Oh, we can skip this one. Okay. Oh, uh, no, this is important. Well, it's um, relevant. It's the hob. All right. So Probably. we see Katniss giving something. Uh, she's trading in the hob. And this is our first glimpse of the hob, so that's very important, Matt. Mm -hmm. um, so we can imagine that this is Greasy Say. Right, so this is our first glimpse at her, as well as the hob. Um, I thought it, it looks too nice, the hob. Do you agree? No. No. <laughs> It, it should be a lot worse than that. It's supposed to be an old coal mine. You can't see anything, Kira. You can see some stuff, Matt. We can't really, like, make judgments based on a little bit of a picture. Yeah. Yeah. So, what else we got? Ah! 
Here we are. And we have, have we already, I think we already talked about this picture. Yeah, so we can skip this one yeah. too. Um, oh, I marked this one for a reason. Okay. That is Mama Everdeen and Little Primmy. And so this is like the first time we actually see Mrs. Everdeen in like her character. parental role. And like, or in a character in a anyway. Yeah, we've only seen the actor. So I just wanted to point that out. This is like... She looks really good in it, so... She looks too young, though. Like, her hair should be gray, because she's so, like... She's gone through so much in her life. I feel like it's weird that she she has, like, perfect hair. I don't know. I guess. So what else we got here? Um, hmm. Oh, or... Ah! The fire. The fireball scenes. Yeah. We did see... This was, like, the first clip we did actually see of a moving picture. The teaser trailer, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting um, to see kind of how they did it. In the pictures, they take you through, step by step, yeah. how they uh, managed to do it. But it is very impressive. Gotta say, it's it looks good. And um, last picture we're talking about pictures is we have one of the hovercraft, which looks really interesting. It's, like, it's huge compared to, like, they have a miniature size of person to scale. Like, the, the hovercraft is, like... Is, like, bigger than my hand. Well, I have small hands. Based on the picture, it's probably, like... It's, mm. like, the size of Matt's hand. He's, like, a normal size hand. And then, Based like, on the, picture the size people are, like, the size of my, like, nail. So, it, it is huge. And uh, we did get a quick glimpse of this in the original full trailer. Yeah. Um, that we analyzed uh, with Rebellion Radio. Um, but, I mean, it really is huge. And it really is exactly how I pictured it in the book because it's very sleek silver and everything it's it's good and um guess that's it so that's about it for the pictures. pictures the ones that we marked were important others all the rest we have seen before right. which have been online so i do we do next episode we're going to talk about more about the like literature aspect of the book so right all the information all right so wrapping the show up i know um, it's super long today guys. yes it's very good though um so just to plug some things Obviously, uh, we have mentioned squarespace.com slash nightlock, and that's a two-week trial for you guys for your own website. And, um, you know, if you make a website, definitely send it to us. We will be sure to check it out and maybe even feature it on the show. So um, be sure to check that out, guys. It's free. Like, there's no need to not do it. I mean, how cool is it to make your own website? I know I get all nerdy about that, but, yeah, check it out. It's squarespace.com slash nightlock. So also, of course, um, like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Nightlock. Follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash Nightlock Pod, P-O-D. And subscribe us on iTunes. You can find all those links on our website, NightlockPodcast.com. And um, definitely keep the reviews on iTunes going. Um, we do not have as many as we should for all the listeners we have. So, guys, keep it coming. Um, I know we can only see the ones from our country, but um, definitely keep them going. And um, we do like to read some of the show sometimes, so keep it going. Um, so, yeah, so we... End every show with the host recommending a book that the reader of The Hunger Games may enjoy. So, um, Matt, you want to go ahead? Okay. Uh, the book I'm recommending is Birthmarked by Craig O'Brien. And um, I can't really say much about this book. It's like, I don't want to say it's relating to The Hunger Games because it's not, but it still has the like, Hunger Games feel of it. Okay. Like all that, Spirit. All that utopian society stuff. I thought it was very good. It's a little bit advanced. But overall, the writing is good, the imagery, everything is perfect about the book. Um, I can't really say much about it because I don't want to give anything away. Okay, yeah. So, I did like it a lot. Okay. 
And uh, I'm Kira, and I recommend Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief. That's the first book. Um, and that's by Rick Riordan. Oh, my God. I can never say his last name. Riordan. 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 Yeah, Riordan. That's the Rebellion Radio crew. They actually have a podcast on that book series. Um, basically, it's about a boy who finds out that he's a demigod, which means he's a son of a mortal person like us, human, and a god. So he attends this camp and has to fight all these demons. And uh, there's, you know, just the, it's for younger um, audience, maybe like middle school. And um, it's definitely, I think boys will definitely like it. I liked it, and I know a lot of um, my friends out of girls liked it too. But, um, yeah, if you're a guy and you're looking for a book, um, definitely one that I really recommend. And also it has a really key influence, um, not influence, but, like, a relationship to the Hunger Games because it is about um, Greek mythology, and that is part of what inspired Suzanne Collins, and she loved that growing up. So um, definitely check those out, guys. Um, So we will see you next time for episode 18. Um, So we'll see you then. And uh, so check back iTunes in about two weeks. Uh, for the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye. We have ten new character shots. So these yeah. are kind of um, just pictures of characters. So. What? Okay, drop that. Why, what's the matter? You're supposed to open them, dummy. Why? We know what they look like. I don't remember. I have to look at them. I have such a bad memory. <laughs> what did you just click? Drop. Do I have to spell everything out for you? Move down. Let's go. I have so much time. I have you scrolled down? What is it's it? not done. It says done. It's not doing anything. Make it do something. <laughs> Should we talk about that? No. Do you want to talk about his biceps? I don't want to get into that. <laughs> okay. Um, oh my gosh, what was it? Uh, um, brain fart. <laughs> I thought you were kidding, I was like, what? <laughs> um, no, oh my god, what is it? Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Nightlock Podcast, which includes analyzing chapters 26 and 27, reading... <laughs> Oh my god! How many no. times are you mess up all the chapters? <laughs> oh, we've already been doing this for an hour, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs>